All right, so we are live. This is an episode of Courageous Conversations. Um, this is a podcast dedicated to really creating a space to have the difficult conversations in life that most of us have learned to avoid that we really should be having, both for our benefit and for the benefit of society at large. So uh, Chuck is joining me today. We're gonna be having a conversation about racism. Uh, we have very different views on the topic of racism, and we're just gonna be fleshing those out here. Now, a couple of caveats here, right? We are not here to teach the world about what racism is or anything, right? We're two white guys. We are the least qualified people on earth to really teach about what racism is. What we're here to do is share our views, our experiences, our perspectives on what racism is. So if you as a listener want to learn more about racism, turn this off, go find a podcast with people of color talking about it. They know more than we do. But if you want to hear the perspective of two white guys and what we believe about racism, what we understand about it, et cetera, that's what we're here to do. And the real purpose of this conversation is to model for people how to have polite, respectful, empathetic conversations with people whose views make you angry, right? And a little bit of pre-chat here, you know, Chuck shares some of his views and I disagree with him strongly. And I'll bet you when I share my views, he's gonna disagree with me strongly. But that's not gonna stop us from having a conversation that's led by empathy and curiosity where there's mutual respect. And just a quick note here, this conversation is not a debate. I am not here to change Chuck's mind. He's not here to change my mind. Now, maybe one day we'll get to that, right? Whether it's in a future episode or whether it's in you know, a conversation over Facebook Messenger, maybe we'll get to that. But before anyone's mind can ever be changed, there needs to be a mutual understanding of what the other ones even believes, right? So you know, in this conversation, just to clarify, no one's trying to change each other's mind. I'm trying to understand Chuck's mind. He's trying to understand my mind. Maybe part of our views will be affected by the other. Maybe they won't. And again, maybe we'll continue this conversation after this event. Maybe we won't. But that's not the purpose of today. The purpose of today is simply to understand each other better. So with all those caveats out of the way, Chuck, thank you so much for coming on to have this conversation. Um, I think a good question to get us started off is, what does racism even mean to you? When you use that word, what are you imagining? And thank you for having me on, John. Uh, so when I think of racism, I think is looking at different person with a different race and feeling you're superior and treating them like they're inferior. So your classic textbook definition. Yep. Um, is in your view of racism, is there any, is there, is it necessary to have like feelings of ill will or hatred or anger discussed? Or is it, is it enough to just have the sense of superiority, even if it's kind of a benevolent kind superiority? I mean, it, it, the hatred and, goes along with it mm -hmm. but you know you can you cannot hate someone like you know like oh they're you know a black person they're 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 not as smart as me i'm i feel pity for them so i see that as kind of a racist thought too yeah. but it's not as bad as you know wanting to burn down the, his house sure sure um and then for you to think it's racism and, and when you're using the word racism are you just talking about consciously held beliefs where someone actually says, I believe this, or are you including like unconscious biases where someone may not even be aware that they think of white people as superior? I mean, some unconscious biasness, but I don't believe in all of them. I think some of them are kind of silly to me. Expand on that. Like, like, like when someone says a black guy has a big dick, you know, I, I think it's just a silly little, sure. you know, it's, it may be true. It may not be, you know, we're all as because as a person i'm a christian and i i believe that we all came from the same source i just think you know genetics down the line which divide you know divided us into you know, and then the whole like you know black people lived in warmer areas so their skin got darker or white people lived in you know 
Ireland and Scotland and all those colder areas, so their skin. Get... So yeah. I don't, I don't, you know, I think we're all the same person, you know, same beings in general. Sure. Um, so I'll share some examples from my own life. Um, there was one time when I was traveling across the country, stopped at McDonald's to get some food, walking out of McDonald's back to my car, and two Latino guys walk up and say, hey, we're having trouble with our car. Can can you give us a jump? And there was this weird, like, nervous twist in my stomach. And my brain took a second to analyze, like, okay, are these really just two, you know, honest guys who need a jump? Or is this, like, something where they're trying to get me to turn my back so they can jump me or trying to figure out which car is mine so they can steal my car or something? Just a momentary, like, thought in my mind. And I pretty quickly dismissed it and said, dude, come on. We're right outside of McDonald's in broad daylight. Chill. And I helped him out and I gave him a jump and all that. That, that moment of pause, that twist in my stomach of fear and suspicion, that momentary thought in my head of, hey, are these guys going to jump me? That I had with two Latino guys that I have never, ever had when a white person asked me for a jump. Would you consider that racism or is that something else? I mean, maybe, but I, I wouldn't because, like, I, I, I would, I don't trust other guys either, you know, white, black, or whatever. You know, if someone, if two guys, we call it, I always think of, hey, could they be trying to rob me or trying to hustle me? And so, you know, it could have been racism, but I, not always. I mean, it, mm -hmm. it depends on the situation. Did you think that they were, is it because they were Mexican or, or Latino? Or is it just because they're two guys that, you know, because guys tend to be dicks at times. Sure. Yeah. Um, another example from my life is I used to uh, manage a Verizon store and few months before me and my wife moved to Colorado, I knew I'm going to be moving. We're going to need to find someone to replace me as a manager of this store. And I spent a lot of time thinking about who we, who I could promote and was there anybody in the store who'd make a good manager and was the assistant manager ready for the job or would we want to hire someone new or pull someone else from the district, right? And after, I don't know, a week or so of thinking about this, I realized one of my employees who was a black man was actually a perfect fit for the job. He had management experience. He had great sales numbers. He had great people skills. He was really well liked. He was responsible. He was always punctual. And I was like, oh, we should really be considering DeAndre. And then I thought to myself, why in the fuck didn't that cross my mind a week ago? Why did it, like, I literally went through other employees of other people in the district and I thought about who we had interviewed for past sales jobs who, you know, hadn't gotten the job that we could call back for a second interview to interview for the manager position. I was thinking of everything else in the world, but for some reason, my brain didn't suggest the black man in our store as a potential leader. I, I don't know why. I can't think of a good reason why. So in your mind, that kind of unconscious bias that makes me not think of black people as leaders, is that racism? I don't think so. I just, maybe he just didn't cross your mind. You know, I, I can't really tell what was in your mind because, you know, that's you, but mm -hmm. I don't see that as racism. Like when I think of racism, cause I grew up with my best friend, AC growing up. Uh, I live in a little town called Bonnie Lake, a little redneck town. Mm -hmm. And he like, you know, he was a womanizer and all the white kids would not all the white kids, but a lot of them would get mad. Oh, you're a beep, beep, beep. And we'd get jumped because, you know, he was black. And that was racism because they were, you know, that they were they were insecure that he was going to take all the women. Mm -hmm. And they treated him and then they, they they used slurs and stuff. And because he was black, he, they didn't think he was good enough for all the white women. And when I think of racism, that's, I mean, I've lived racism, you know, yeah. with my friend because, that's, you know, he's my buddy. I don't care about his skin color. I, like, 
if I was in a position, I don't care who I always like, you know, that position, I'd always go for whoever is the best um, spot for the job. And I don't, I, but I don't think, yeah, I don't think that's racism per se. Okay. It could have been, but I, you know, I don't, you know, wasn't in your head. Yeah. No, so this is right. This is a good uh, thing to unearth. So, you know, as we have this conversation, we should be keeping in mind what the other means. Because to me, racism, while of course it has overt forms that are visible, that they are consciously aware of, right? Like you mentioned. And that is like what I was always brought up believing racism was, right? We learn about the civil rights era and throwing bricks yeah. through the windows at black people. Like that's obvious racism. Everyone agrees that's racism. It's easy to identify. Where I've kind of maybe changed my mind um, and uh, you know adjusted how I see things is I've started to see what I described those unconscious biases as racism. And even though each individual instance, uh, right, is not nearly as damaging, right? Obviously beating a black kid up for dating a white girl is that one instance is more damaging than me getting nervous around Latinos when they ask yeah. for a job. There are so many more instances of what I described, that kind of unconscious bias, that cumulatively all those instances can actually add up to pretty much as bad an outcome for people of color as the fewer instances of more overt racism. So when I say racism, I'm including this unconscious bias that people have, right? You know, another example, my daughter at four years old, we had, you know, I don't know, probably like three or four black Barbie dolls and probably four or five white Barbie dolls for her to play with. And she always played with the white Barbie doll and ignored the black Barbie doll. And that in individual instance isn't too concerning, but if you like look it up, tons and tons of people are reporting the same thing, that kids from an early age just favor whiteness over blackness for no reason, right? My daughter doesn't even really understand race. She's not like racist in your sense of the word, but somehow this culture she was brought up in has just taught her to like prefer whiteness and brown skin is less desirable, right? So to me, racism includes all of those things, even the more subtle things. But couldn't it be she identified with a doll because it resembled her? It's like the whole thing with Jesus. Like people say, oh, why do you believe in a white Jesus? I don't believe in a white Jesus. But if you look at, like, if you go to the, like China and Buddhism, they they portray Buddha as a Asian, or like an Asian man, not Indian, and he was Indian. So people tend to gravitate to things that they can identify with and whiteness, you know, if you're white, you identify with it because that's, you know, it, it it's, it's familiar to you. Mm -hmm. I don't see that as racism as much as like, I'm a white person. Uh, I'm a white kid. The doll looks more like me. So, I mean, did she ever say, no, I don't want to play with the black doll. Oh, she was fine with it. Right. Yeah. And like my daughter has two black dolls. I mean, she loves them all, you know, but, you know, she grew up with two uh, black nephews, you know, or she is growing up with black nephews. I mean, my, my oldest nephew is like, when they get together, they're best friends. There is no racism. They don't see color. They, they see each other as he's my cousin. He's my friend. And, you know, we have fun together. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that was racism. I mean, if, like I said, you, it, it, it's on the individual level. Yeah. If, you know, your daughter was, you know, if you, if you taught your daughter that black people are bad and she's playing with only white dolls, yeah, that's racism. But I don't I don't see it as racism. I, yeah. um, if black kids exhibited the same preference, how would you explain that? It's the same thing that, they, you know, are you saying that they play with white dolls or yes. that if they play black kids exhibited a preference for white dolls? 
How would you I, I don't I don't know how to explain it. Um, you know. So I don't have like big data on this or anything, but I did read a book a book by a black author, and she shared her experience that as a six year old girl, she had a preference for white dolls over black dolls when she was you know five years old or something, right? And okay. kind of the point she was making is that it's not just white people who are affected by this societal wide messaging that goes out to us through media and whatever that it's better to be white than black. Even as a five-year-old black child, she was internalizing those messages that it's better to be white than black, and she showed a preference for white dolls. Now, I'm not going to tell you that like there's some study that shows 88% of black children feel that way. I'm just telling you one person felt that way. Yeah. And I'd actually be curious now that we're having this conversation. I kind of want to Google: Is it common for black children to show a preference for white dolls? Right? Because I am curious. Well, and, and that could also be that we're a primarily, you know, black people are 13% of our of our population. We're a primarily white nation. And so that, you know, it's it, it's like, that's why I don't believe in uh, white privilege. I believe in majority privilege because there's more of one thing. If you go to China, they're going to have, you know, majority privilege because there's going to be more Chinese people, mm-hmm. you know, same with Africa, same with, you know, different places with, you know, different races. So I think, you know, I think it's more of a majority thing than a, 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 a racism thing, you know? Sure. Uh, I'm curious here. So we're going to go to a fictional world, right? Whether it's in the okay. past or an alternate universe, but imagine America's 13% white people and, you know, I don't know, 60% black people or whatever the numbers are reversed. Okay. And imagine that black people through some trick of history um, ended up being the ones who like own 90% of the businesses and control 98% of the wealth and hold 80% of the political seats, right? Et cetera. Um, do you think black people would have, that same majority privilege that white people have now, if we were in this. Oh yeah. Universe. Oh yeah, of course. Because I mean, the more, you know, you're more, you're, we got, cause I mean, if, if, if they didn't want, if we didn't want black people to have jobs, there wouldn't be, you know, like most of my black friends are doing better than I am because, you know, I, I don't value money as much as they do. I value like spending time and doing, you know, helping my neighbor. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if we were a racist country, we wouldn't have, you know, we would stop these people, you know, like, look at Oprah. Oprah is one of the most richest people in the world and she's black. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got, you know, uh, what's that? Queen B, I always forget her name, uh, Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Those pe- if, if we were a total racist country, those people wouldn't have power that they have. Yeah. You know, and I, like I said, there's not race. I'm not saying that there's not racist people. I just don't think it's, majority of the problems are based on races. I think it's more class and, and, you know, political leaning. Yeah. So, you know, that's right. That's a nice transition into what do we think about racism today? So your stance is that racism is like true overt bigotry. I believe that other races are inferior to the white race. And more often than not, I actively dislike people of other races. Right, that's racism. Pretty much, much, yeah. Racism, do you think exists in the country today? How big of a deal is it? Oh, I I think it's like maybe at most twenty percent of a problem. Mm -hmm. I think more of the problem is more economical than anything, and um, because you know, but there's poor white people, poor black people. I think poor people have a harder time in life because they don't have you know the the resources to, you know, go to school, you know, 
to a good school where they have the stuff to make them succeed. And, you know, maybe a lot of that was racism because I think it was a racist country up to the like 2000s, 2000s. It, it kind of declined. Like, if, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, I would be 100% agree with you because I saw racism. You know, I saw that black person being followed in the store, yep. you know. And, but I think it's because as we evolved into a better country, we the racism has gone down. Is there still some racism? Yeah. Like, you know, like with all, all the like the police shooting, some of that I can say probably is racism. You know, they didn't like it, but a lot of it is, you know, you know, like I don't believe the, the Floyd case. I don't believe that was based on racism. There's nothing to prove because he, he, the cop harassed white people too. He didn't just harass black people. And Floyd has been proven to be a criminal. The guy hold, held a gun to some pregnant lady's stomach, you know. So, and then the fact that he might have had, you know, I don't know for a fact. Because all these things, I can't tell you if these situations are racist because I wasn't there. I don't know what's in their head. And, sure. you know, it, I'm not saying it wasn't, and I'm not saying it is, but there's not enough evidence to say it was. Sure. Yep. Um, so actually, before I move on, <laughs> I think I warned you in the pre-chat this could happen, right? Um, I haven't shared kind of my perspective on what racism is um, or okay. example of racism. So I'll, uh, I'll, I'll backtrack there a little bit before we move on, I just realized. Um, so I mentioned a little bit to me, right? Racism includes things that are that are unconscious, right? Unconscious yeah. bias that exist. Um, but I also believe, and this is something I'm not as educated on, right? I'm fairly new to this. I don't know, we'll call it awakening, right? I think my views were probably very similar to yours, you know, up until this year. Certainly if we go back like five years, 10 years, I probably had very similar views. That again, you know, racism, because I was using the same definition you were, which is just like, you know, hate and bigotry that's on display, was a very small problem and a problem of the past primarily, except for a few fringe groups. Um, but now I see, due to the fact that we were a racist country, a country built on racism, for so long, a lot of the policies that we've implemented are racist. Now, the civil rights movement took care of the ones that were like literally letter of the law racist, like black people can and can't do this, right? Um, those things you gotten rid of. Um, you know, the the mortgage practice of redlining where like certain zip codes where it was known there was a lot of black people living were excluded from getting home loans, right? That has been, you know, eliminated. It's no longer on paper that you're allowed to do that. Um, but there's still a lot of policies that remain that create unfairness and racial disparities, right? Even if it's no longer exclusive to white people. I don't know a ton about this. I'm not the expert on it, but there's two examples that I've seen that have kind of stuck with me that again, I would loop into the category of racism. Um, one is that I heard that like powder cocaine, which though lots of people use it is certainly the drug of choice for you know rich white men, right? Um, that's the biggest demographic people who use powder cocaine has much more lenient minimum sentencing laws than crack cocaine, which again, a lot of people use crack cocaine, but it is by far the much more prominent drug in poor black neighborhoods, right? So you look at the number of people arrested for crack cocaine versus powder cocaine is a massive difference in white versus black. The minimum sentencing laws for crack cocaine are intense, very, very high minimum sentences. The minimum sentencing laws for white powder cocaine that rich white men use, very low. So while that isn't like, you know, 
a, a law that says black people are treated differently. It's a law that has a definitely intended outcome where the lawmakers who, hey, let's be real, a lot of these lawmakers probably were powder cocaine users themselves, or at the very least had donors who were rich white men who were powder cocaine users. The lawmakers made a law they knew would treat white men better and a law which they knew for crack cocaine would put a lot of black people behind bars for a long time and they didn't care. But so how do you explain methamphetamine? Policy. Methamphetamine is uh, is a, a popular drug that gets uh, towards poor white people. And I come from a, my hometown that has the biggest, uh, 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 what's that called, uh, mobile home parks in the state of Washington. Mm -hmm. And we'd have meth, like in these neighborhoods, uh, meth busts all the time. Like people and these people, I these are the people I went to school with. I I, I knew they had they they had strict, you know, they went to jail just as bad as the black people who do crack. Mm -hmm. So yeah, maybe cocaine is treated lighter, but methamphetamines are just are treated just as harsh as um, as crack cocaine because it's more of a dangerous drug. Like cocaine is bad, but it, like I, I did cocaine for a good part of my youth, you know, I didn't, you know, it's it, the, the rumors about, oh, you can overdose. Like, like if you get a bloody nose, you're going to die. That's not true. I, I get bloody noses all the time. Mm -hmm. And so I don't, I think that it's the severity of, and, and a lot of those crack cocaine things were put in part by black people in the neighborhood because they didn't want crack cocaine in their neighborhoods because it ruins lives. And you know this coming from a guy, who, my friend again. His his dad was from Chicago, and we're crack cocaine. In, and he's like, yeah, we didn't want it in our neighborhoods. You know, he was a Black Panther, which I respect the Black Panther because they were all community based. They were talking about upholding the Black community, which I I, I love that. Mm -hmm. You know, bring your community up. I don't care if you're Black, White. I don't really care. You know, so it, it's kind of a misconception that you know. Crack was, you know, maybe marijuana back in the 30s. I can agree with you on that one because, you know, they were, I think they were trying to, you know, because a lot of black and Hispanics used marijuana back then and they were trying to be racist. And again, back then, I think racism was prevalent. It was like, like I hear stories about people getting, driving around in the paddy wagons and getting hitting the brakes where they fall and break an arm just because they thought it was funny. And that, that stuff like sickens me that yeah. our country, you know, but I don't, I just don't think that, I don't think it equates the same with the crack from your point. Okay. Um, another example that I heard of, right. Of a, you know, a racist policy that exists that was created long ago when we were a racist nation just hasn't been touched is that schools are funded by property taxes. Which means that, and again, this isn't exclusively black people, of course, right? This certainly hurts poor people of all varieties. Yeah. There is a lot of ways you could fund schools. Why property taxes? Imagine. I have, I have, yeah, that's, I don't believe in property taxes in the first place as a libertarian. Mm -hmm. And I, 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 I'm, I'm small government. I don't believe in tax. I, I, I'm more anarchist. Like, I, I think we should have a, I'm a, a anarcho capitalist. And I think that we should get rid of government because government, in general, doesn't do any good. Like we've had Republican uh, Democrats in the thing, and people are still hurting. You know, yeah. they they're trying to go after Trump. Yeah, sorry, divert. But 
I, I, I don't know why. I don't, and I think it's stupid that property taxes are used for that anyway. Yeah. Right. Imagine if instead they funded police departments based by property taxes for zip codes, right? Imagine if the police departments responsible for policing poor black neighborhoods were understaffed and under-equipped and the police departments responsible for policing rich white neighborhoods, you know, had the best squadron cars and the high staff around, right? We have a very different outcome, <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. But again, that wasn't the choice that was made, right? The choice was made that schools should be funded by property taxes. Um, and one thing too, this is something I'm not entirely educated on, but you know, you brought up the issue of class oppression, right? Class privilege, like racism and classism and capitalism are very much tied together. And yeah. things that hold black people down, the weapons that hold poor people down, there are a lot of the same instruments, right? So there definitely is some overlap. Um, we're focusing more on the race piece of this, but you're totally right that, you know, a lot of the policies that disproportionately benefit black people accomplish that by targeting poor people, right? So a lot of white people do get swept up in this as well, right? Yeah. Again, um, a lot of those things. Now you mentioned drug use, which is again, another thing that made me realize, oh shoot, this is, you know, there's there's real racism, right? Um, white people and black people are, according to any study they've done, equally likely to be drug users and equally likely to be drug users. However, if you look at the number of sentences and arrests for drug charges, it's massively stacked where black people are getting, you know, I don't know if it's two times, three times, 10 times, but a lot more arrests and charges for drug-related crimes than white people. Even though the usage rates are the same, the like per capita, per person, drug charges and drug arrests for black people more than white people. It's hard for me to explain that other than some form of racism, right? Now, maybe yeah. that's not just racism, like the police chief is telling his police people, hey, you go patrol those black neighborhoods and make sure you lock up those N-words. But it doesn't have to be, right? It doesn't have to be overt. You can have a police chief who tells his staff, treat white people and black people the same. But these unconscious biases, the same unconscious bias that made me nervous when the Latino guy was walked up to me, that same unconscious bias could be at play in a traffic stop when a police officer stops a black man and says, something doesn't seem right, I'm gonna search the vehicle here, right? So how do you explain the fact that equal usage, equal dealing, more black people are locked up for drug-related crimes than white people? Is that racism uh, to you or something else? Like some of it maybe, some of it, but uh, a lot of it is uh, growing up in small town Washington, we had like Tacoma, Seattle, and I had a lot of, you know, few black people. They would smoke weed out in public. They'd be out there and more white people that I'd known we're more, hey, we gotta hide this. We gotta be more, you know, in the in our in our garage, you know, so you can't see it. So a lot of it, I don't know how much of it, but I think a good chunk of it is that black people, because I, I seen black people growing up, they would just smoke a joint right out in the, in the front of their house. They didn't care. And and I've seen, like I said, seen more black, white people that I've known who smoke weed, they'd hide it. Interesting. Hasn't really been my experience, but neither of us has aggregated data on this. <laughs> yeah, I, like I, I, I'm not very like my my political or my political like things about racism. As like I, I know you know there, there's some stuff I need to learn, and there's stuff stuff some stuff that might change my mind. But right now, I just don't see the evidence that it you know it is. Well, I'll share with you some of what's changed my thinking again and kind of see, you know, run it through your lens and your filtering and okay. see what you think of it. Um, something I learned because my wife is a doula now and she's done a lot of training, you know, learning about hospitals and stuff. And again, I don't know the, I know the, I don't know the exact numbers here, um, but even when you control for like health factors, income, drug use, like even when you control for those factors, 
black mothers are like twice as likely to die in childbirth as white mothers and black babies, mm -hmm. I think it's even more are like something like four times as likely to die in a hospital as white babies. Again, even when you control for things like income and drug use and health factors. Okay. To me, I can't think of something other than right racism. And again, this is probably, it's, it could be an overt thing where white doctors willfully think to themselves, I'm not gonna waste my time and energy to save a black baby, it's not worth it because they're subhuman. It could be, but I don't think it has to be. I think we could have unconscious biases where maybe nurses don't believe a black woman when she says she's in pain, or maybe nurses don't you know, feel the need to monitor the black baby as closely. Like, again, I don't know how it happens, but to me, the fact that black babies die a lot more often than white babies and black mothers die is evidence that unconscious bias in our professions, our medical profession can still be very damaging. How do you see that? What's your take on that? Right. I'm curious, you know, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know that, you know, the numbers, but uh, like, I, I don't, I can't say it's racism until I can, you know, until I can see it's actual racism. I, I, I'm not just going to call something racist because, because it could be that, you know, black mothers don't have the health care and they, you know, they, they take care of the richer people. I have no idea. I just, I, ha I have nothing. I'm not versed enough to answer that question. Interesting. This does, this does bring up an interesting, um, I'm curious, you know, for you, what would it take for you to feel comfortable saying that right there was racism? Uh, empirical evidence saying that the guy, you know, the guy is racist, like, you know, admitting, you know, cause I can't, you know, like just cause you think someone's a child molester because they, you know, like like Joe Biden, people think he's a child molester because he is does uncomfortable things with children. Mm -hmm. I can't say he's a child molester. You know, I have said it just to you know piss people off because you know I'm like everyone else. When people start attacking me on Facebook, I I, I, I will fight back. I don't and I don't always mean what I say I, in the moment. I'm angry, so I lash out. So, mm -hmm. but I you know I don't know if this this is racist. Because it could not be racist, you know. It could be something, you know, other than racism, like like the George Floyd thing. I have no proof that it was racism, so I have to have empirical proof. I mean, you're, the whole guilt, you're guilt, uh, you're innocent before you're until proven guilty, and that's how I live my life. Unless you can prove, if you can prove that uh, I forgot the cop's name, but if you can prove that, yeah. yeah if you could prove that he said, oh, I hate all N-words, well, then I'll agree. That, that's racist. That's, you know, but until I get that proof, I can't, I can't, I can't say it. I, I give everyone the benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. You know, I think he was, well, I, I don't even think it's stupid that, he, because they, cops, I've had a cop kneel on my face before. And you know, I don't think it was racism. I don't think I was, I was, uh, I was high on drugs and he had to control me, you know, mm -hmm. like, cause I've seen people take, uh, you know, PCP get shot and they, they still hurt a bunch of people. Mm -hmm. So, so, you know, a lot of these examples are individual situations, right? And of course, in an individual situation, it is very hard to say, you know, right. Why did he kneel on his neck for so long? Was it because some part of his unconscious mind was willing to like, get closer to that line with a black life than a white life because his unconscious mind didn't value black lives as much or it had nothing to do with it. And of course you can never tell, even if you had like the ability to read his mind, you don't know. Cause again, things can be happening unconsciously. Yeah. Um, but what we're looking at with this birth example, right, is really large aggregated data that across the entire nation over the last 20 years, 
twice as many black women die in hospital and four times as many black babies die in hospital, even when you control for things like income and stuff like that. I mean, that is the empirical evidence that there are racially different outcomes. And either you just have to believe that black people are die more easily and are just naturally not as good at giving birth to babies, or you have to believe that there's something, we don't know what, but there's something going on in these hospitals that's leading to black people dying more often. And again, we don't know if it's overt or if it's covert, if it's conscious or unconscious, we don't know what it is, but something that's racially biased is going on, right? Yeah, Am I I'd, have to, I'd, I'd have to look at the numbers. I'd have to look into it before I can give an answer. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. And, so for you, you know, to, 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 for you to feel comfortable saying that was racist, right? One option is, you know, this person straight up says terribly racist things. I hate black people, right? Then you know it's racism. What else would be enough for you to say that right there is racism? That, just that I can't tell what's in someone's heart in their mind. I mean, like, cause I, I like even with my friend, I've said racist stuff, but I don't, I didn't ever meant it. Like when you get mad, I lashed out, and you know, you always say the things, you know, especially people you love, you always say the things that'll hurt the most. Cause mm -hmm. I loved all, you know, I loved my best friend. You know, he was, he was, he looked out for me when no one else would. We'd get in a fight, he, and he'd call me a cracker. I don't think he's racist. He was just mad at the time, and. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I just got, you got, it's got to be what's in someone's heart. If, if they're racist, they're racist, you know, it's hate. That's like I said in the pre, you know, I don't believe in as much racism as hate, like hate toward your fellow human being. Cause you know, you can hate someone for being Catholic. Oh, I hate Catholics. Well, that's just hate. Yeah. And that, and that's a bigger problem than just, I think that's the problem we need to solve is the hate. If we, you know, what Jesus said to love thy neighbor, that, that includes your black neighbor, that includes your Mexican neighbor, your Indian neighbor, your white neighbor. If you love people, then, you know, cause you know, the racist people, like the people I know who are racist, they weren't just hateful toward black people. They're hateful towards, you know, liberals or, or uh, people who have down syndrome. They just hateful people. Sure. And so, if we get rid of the hate, I mean, you're never going to get rid of the hate. People are going to hate no matter what. You, you can't, even if the, the world was whole, uh, you know, racist, you can't, you can't control people's thoughts. You can, you can shun them, but then, then they, you know, you get something like you had in DC where they, they attack. That's more dangerous than, you know, anything. If you just have some guy says, I hate black people. Okay, cool. You hate black people. You know, I don't want to associate with you. But at least I know you're there. I know where you're at. It's you know, it's the silent one you got to watch out for. For sure. Yeah, I think there's, there's actually a quote by a black author. I'll probably butcher it a bit here, but something effective. You know, if you hate me because I'm black, that's your problem. You know, if you have the power, or they were, no, it's if you want to lynch me, that's your problem. If you have the power to lynch me, now it's my problem. Um, and I think where some of the, the 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 danger comes in, right, is that. You know, when white people hold these views, even if they are unconscious, there's still the ability to cause a lot of harm to people of color. And again, I think, again, our, our disagreement is resurfacing here, right? You're looking at racism as I believe black people are inferior to white people and I dislike black people. And, and if it's not that, it's not racism. Where to me, I'm opening the store for racism to be a hell of a lot more than that, right? Again, racism is just that subtle factor that plays into our gut feeling about someone that led me to not even think of my black colleague as a potential for promotion for like a week, right? To me, that is an element of racism. Now I wasn't ill-intentioned, 
right? And once I realized he was an option, I really did give him a fair chance. But these unconscious biases have a lot of power, right? When VC funders are deciding off of a gut feeling who to, what business to invest money in, this unconscious racial bias that doesn't really see black people as business owners and entrepreneurs, but sees attractive young men that way, leads them to invest more money, right? You look at the VC money, right? Again, I don't know how these exact statistics, but it's some obnoxiously staggering amount goes to white people and in particular white men. Pennies, right, go to black people and especially black women, right? Black women get like less than 1% of VC money. Again, is it because black women just make terrible companies that aren't worth investing in? Is it because black people don't have a knack for reading the market and inventing good products? Or is it because despite the fact that they make as good a company as white people do, these VC people who control the money have an unconscious bias at play that just makes them trust white people more than black people, right? Again, I can't tell you for sure what any of these VC people believe about black people. They could have black wives, black friends. They could wear Black Lives Matter signs, T-shirts. But I know for a fact that the outcome that happens is that black people don't get nearly as much VC money. So I'm including that in the world of racism. You could literally have every single VC investor in the world show up at a Black Lives Matter protest holding those signs, clearly showing that they don't harbor any conscious anti-black sentiments. And I would still call it racism that black women get less than 1% of funding. I would just say it's unconscious racism. Like, yeah, I, I, I can't yeah. agree with that. <laughs> I just, I just can't. It just, it, it, because it just, I, I can't tell unless I get like them saying that they did it because you know they're black. There could be a myriad of different reasons why they didn't do something. Can you think of any reasons that's like satisfy for you the question as to why black women get less than one percent of VC money? Because to me, I can't, I can't think of a reason other than racial differences. Why, again, not an individual black woman. There's a million reasons why an individual black woman could be denied VC money. A million reasons. And we could never pin an individual black woman not getting funding down to racism. But when you look at the whole damn country and thousands and thousands of people, and you see this aggregated outcome, I can't think of anything other than racism to explain it. Is there some other explanation you have? Majority, pr- majority privilege. I mean, you know, there's more, you're going to have more white people being successful because there's more white people in the country. I mean, black people are, are like a very minute, you know, 13% where white people are like five, four or five times more than black people. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 that's not racism. That's just majority privilege. There's more, you know, more of them than there are us. I bet you, if you go to other countries, it's the same thing. Cause there's more of them. I mean, how many uh, white investors do you think are do, uh, getting money in uh, China? I mean, I don't think it's racist. I just think it's more, there's more Chinese people. So it's, it's more, like I said, uh, majority privilege. That's interesting. When you say majority privilege, what you're picturing is, is is what I lumped into the category of racism because you're right. It doesn't have to be white to black. Again, in our I mean, earlier in the episode, I mentioned this you know alternative universe where you know 13% of the U.S. is white. We could absolutely have racism playing out in that scenario, or as you mentioned, in the real world, right? Maybe white entrepreneurs in Asia get less than their fair share of funding. That's racism too. So when you say majority privilege, that's what I'm thinking of as racism, right? Because but I don't think that is racism. It's not racism because there's more. It's just more. It's just you know. It, I, I just don't think it was race. I don't think it's a racist policy. I think or a racist issue. It's it's you know because it'd be racist if no black people were getting it. You know, 
Hurt back. I know tons. Like I can name off the top of my head about thirty or forty people who are black. They're black, successful uh, business people. Sure. And they got they got loans. They got we call it. If we were in a racial society, none of them would happen. It would just be all white people making money, and it's not the the numbers don't show it. So just to clarify a few things, right? When you're talking about it, majority advantage, are you saying that because white people are 60% of the population, they get 60% of the funding. And because black people are 13% of the population, they get 13% of the funding. So that's fair. Or are you saying that with black people being 30% of the population, getting, we'll say 5% of the funding, that's, that's again, still not a race related thing. I think it's because they fell for the people fall through the cracks. I mean, I know a bunch of white. Again, I know a bunch of white people who don't get funding either. I mean, we're 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 in this country. We're more likely to help a black business than a, a white business because we think that white people have had all this privilege throughout life. That you know everything. I mean, like I come from an Irish. My grandma's an Irish immigrant. When she she came here, you know, there was an anti-Irish sentiment. Sure. You know, and it just like. Life sucks, it, you know. We don't live in a in a in a in a in a, in a fairy tale world. We live in a world that people are, you know. Yeah, people may, you know, some of you know, like, uh, like oh, I know this white person. You know, we call it. It's more of a like, you know, identify thing. You know, I don't think it is racist. I think it just some of it is just you know, I identify with this white person because you know. We come from the same, you know, same background. We have, you know, our both our dads were steel workers, so it, it's like we call it. Yeah. So you mentioned right that you know you're you know you, when I, when I brought up the fact that you know thirty percent of the population gets five percent of the funding, right? It's just a matter of some people slip through the cracks. It's not a race thing. Some white people slip through the cracks too. But when we see across the entire nation by those numbers, right, when sixty percent of white people get. 90% of funding and 13% of black people get 5% of funding. It seems like black people slip through the cracks more often than white people slip through the cracks. Is that not evidence of racism to you? Because again, no. in my head, that's evidence of racism that black people slip through the cracks more it just, often. It just, I can't prove it's racism. So I, and until you can prove like, like, you know, like straight up, I don't, I don't, I don't go off of like, cause you don't know these numbers you know, are tr how true those numbers are because mm -hmm. everybody has agenda. They want, you know, like mm -hmm. me as a person, I have no agenda. I don't care about anything. I just, I just want to live my life to be, you know, my agenda is to be a good person to you, you know, to my fellow, be it black, we call it. So I, I can't, I just can't say it until mm -hmm. I have enough evidence, you know, and it, like I said, if, if, if you hear, oh, yeah, I didn't give it to him because he's a black person, then yeah, that's racism. You know, you, you didn't do it because, but until I get that person saying, yes, I did this because of this, I can't, you know, like even go like, you know, because like the whole thing with Michael Jackson, another one, everyone thought he was a child molester. I can't say he was a child molester. He could have been just a guy that likes hanging out with kids because he, he had a childhood mentality. Mm hmm I'm not going to say he's, you know, until it comes out that you can prove that, he, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, because I'd be a, a horrible juror. You know, if you put me on a jury, unless you can, you know, take the guy to say, I, I, you know, 
I can't I can't sentence the guy because I, I, he could be innocent. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's doubt in my mind, I, I just can't do it. It just. So one thing that's other thing that's appearing as a difference between us, right, is that, you know, I think where we agree, where we at least don't disagree is when you're thinking of an individual instance, I'm fairly comfortable kind of having your level of doubt, right? Because again, for you, it's absolutely, you know, you can't call something racism without concrete proof. Anything else, you just got to scrap it. I don't know if that's always the way I think, but I'm always willing to accept that way of thinking. Where we're really jarring here is you seem to be applying the same type of mentality of like, you know, give me concrete evidence or I'm throwing it out and not thinking about it to these aggregated cases where to me that kind of like that kind of thinking doesn't fit to aggregated cases because again, you got millions of data points and a common trend is evidence, right? Even yeah, if whose data points, whose data points though? I mean, that's, that's the whole thing because you can, you can get another study that says the exact opposite. I mean, you, who, who do you, who do you trust with the thing? Because that's why I don't trust Republicans and I don't trust Democrats because both of them are trying to lie to you. I trust people that are out there trying to help people, you know, because they're there. We call it. So these data points are, are meaningless to me because you don't know who they come from. It could be skewed. And, you know, it's like the whole election thing. Like, I don't know who if it could have been uh, like fault a uh, fraud. It could have been. It may not have been fraud. I I don't know, and I'll never know. And so I guess I understand, right? Mistrusting, you know, politicians, right? You know, if uh, you know, a politician running for office runs a survey or runs a study to prove they're right, be real suspicious of that. Um, in general, do you trust like you know, nonpartisan government entities like the you know Center for Disease Control, right? Like, do you trust their? No, I don't. I don't trust. I don't trust anybody that I don't know personally. I mean, like, I, I trust enough, like you know, to put a hamburger in my 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 stomach because you know I got to eat. But, you know, I don't trust, I don't trust, really trust anyone unless I know you. Unless I, I've been around you, I, just don't, I don't trust people because you don't know who's trying to get over on you, who's not. And these, some of these people could be legitimate in this, you know, you're, you could be right. I'm not saying you are wrong. I just say I don't have enough evidence and I don't trust enough of your sources to, to agree with you. It, it, just a trust thing. Do you apply the same type of thinking in all areas or just when we're thinking about race as far as this kind of skepticism of, you know, all, almost all areas. I mean, like I, I was an atheist for the longest time. I didn't trust Christians because and then when I was homeless, a pastor took me in and showed me, you know, what love was. Mm-hmm. And through his actions, I started trusting him. And I mean, I, I would I would take a bullet for this guy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it you got to show me that, you know, that you're a good person before I trust you. Interesting. So, you know, we, we have different views on, you know, what we trust, right? You know, while I think a healthy skepticism of any data is important and you do have to look at who provided the data and what's their bias, that is important. You know, I don't wholesalely throw out all data. And when I see, you know, 20 different data studies from 20 different organizations, all kind of giving the same message, right? So for example, you know, we have information from like government agencies around the economy telling us that black businesses failed more often in the COVID pandemic. We have information from, you know, different judicial bodies telling us that black people get harsher sentences. We got information from the medical boards telling us black people have worse outcomes in hospitals, right? When I see that and it's all kind of the same trend, I'm perfectly willing to believe the trend. Not that I'm going to like 
put a claim or put a stake in uh, any one individual study and say, I will die by the validity of the study. When I see 20 different things telling a similar story, I'm totally happy to accept that, that overall these things are true, even if there's minor, you know, imperfections. And, and, and they could be, and they could be. Give that up. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I can't, I can't, because, you know, all I can do is me be a good person. Me, you know, because, you know, if I see it, like, if I, if, if I had to start a business now and I need a manager, dude, one of the first person I want to go to is this guy, Darnell. Awesome dude. Great. We call it, he'd be my first choice and he's a black man. So I, I, I have to go based off what, you know, what I can see. Like, like I'm not saying you're wrong and I'm not, and I'm not, I'm not saying that there, this isn't racism. I just don't, can't, I can't label it until I know. And I may never know, and that's okay with me. As long as I am a good person and I treat you with respect and my everyone else with respect, for me, I don't care. Like I, I'll fight for you know if I I'll fight for black rights because you know I always say like you know with the Constitution, I don't care anything past the Thirteenth Amendment because that Thirteenth Amendment is what you know where black people had rights. You know they could vote and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Anything after that, you can throw out because you know I'm I'm, a, I'm my main thing is freedom of speech and I'm a pro two A, mm -hmm. so I don't you know it could be I just don't I don't know I I I can't condemn someone or condemn something without knowing for sure it's just part of my character. Yeah, interesting. Um, one thing I want to touch on right before we wrap up here is again, you know, you've, you've used the word civility privilege a few times. I want to clarify what you mean by that. So we'll go to the white people in Asia example, right? So let's say we find information that in Asia, white entrepreneurs are less likely to get funding than Asian entrepreneurs. When you talk about majority privilege, are you just talking about the simple fact that statistically there's fewer white people? Or are you talking about the fact that, you know, because it's an Asian culture filled with Asian people, these Asian businessmen are more likely to feel comfortable giving their money to another Asian. They're less likely to feel comfortable giving their money to a white person. And, and that's what you mean by majority privilege. Mostly the first one, but a little bit of the second one. But I don't think it's I don't think it's racism for sure. I think it maybe it's uh what's what's the other thing that racism, but uh um culturalism mm -hmm. maybe because they share that because that the, the, the asian man is going to probably say share the same values and beliefs as the the other asian man mm -hmm. so i think it's you know it's more of a cult it could be more of a cultural thing than a racist thing like like you know a white white um conservative is going to have more in common culturally with a white conservative. Now you may have a black conservative that you know in a, in a black liberal or a white liberal, and maybe that white conservative or black white conservative would more will help out the black conservative. Mm -hmm. And I think that's more of, at times factors in there too. So you're a white entrepreneur. You're in Asia. You don't share the same kind of cultural upbringing and values, which means when you meet with, you know, Asian investors, they don't quite click with you the same way. They don't quite yeah. like feel that sense of trust and connection. So they're less likely to give you their money. Um, and because you live in Asia, almost all of the wealth in Asia is controlled by Asian business owners and yeah. capital firms. So you as a white person are disadvantaged in that setting because all the people who could give you money don't click with you, don't jive with you, don't trust you. They get this unconscious feeling in their gut that they can't trust you. And that's what you mean when you're talking about majority advantage. 
Partly, yeah. Okay, that's part of it. Yeah, what's interesting here, right, is <laughs> that we're, we're very close to agreeing on some of those concepts. I just call that racism, culturalism. You just call it majority advantage or culturalism. But, you know, if, if, if you and I keep talking, I think that'll be like our, our, our coming together point, this idea of majority yeah. advantage. I'm just taking that and lumping it into the category of racism. Of course, it's a different type of racism than what you and your friend AC experienced growing up, but I'm still lumping it in the same bucket where you're yeah. very set on separating those two things as different things. And sometimes I honestly think the world would be better off if we just did create two words, one for conscious hate, one for unconscious. And I, I could, pro I could probably agree with that. I, that I make could probably a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I'm like, I'd like to continue this conversation with you because you know, we're being respectful of each other. We're not calling each other names. And as long as we do that, I like once you start calling me, you know, you know, dumbass or you know, yeah. it's like I, it's it's not an intelligence thing. It's, it's it's a character thing for me. It's it's like I wanna I wanna I wanna give people the benefit, even though I don't trust them. I wanna give them the benefit of the doubt because people have given me the benefit of the doubt, and so I don't wanna I don't wanna lump someone in unjustly. Yeah. And yeah. Well, uh, you know, a final word for my leftist friends watching this episode, um, and it probably applies to people on the right too, but from my perspective, I'll talk to my leftist friends watching this episode. Many of you would have seen some of Chuck's comments in a Facebook thread and just torn into him and said, you racist, bigoted, son of a gun. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. You're a hateful, ignorant, small-minded, redback, inbred, hillbilly, right? You've, I'm sure, experienced that treatment, Chuck, right? Oh, yeah. Our first reaction. And by doing that, the conversation would have ended there. And there would be absolutely no opportunity for you ever to evolve or modify your opinions based on that person. But now that I've stepped back and had this conversation with Chuck, where we've talked about a lot of things we disagree on, now the door is open that maybe we will keep talking. And maybe I'll adopt some of Chuck's views and he'll adopt some of mine and we can help each other and influence each other. The door is at least open where that could possibly happen now. Where had I gone in and just given my opinions and told Chuck what I thought of him, that would have been the end of it right there. So again, a lot of things Chuck said today made me uncomfortable. A lot of things I said today probably made Chuck go, what the hell is this guy talking about, right? But we had the conversation, we kept it respectful, and now there's the possibility that from here on out, we could have influences on each other's views and opinions and worldviews. So now both of us are just a little bit safer from that echo chamber effect that happens on social media, where you only ever talk about things with people you already agree with, and you end up getting further, further pulled into one extremist viewpoint, right? Now we're both a little safer from that because we both have each other's influence on each other, right? You know, as a left-leaning progressive, my hope is that I can influence your views one day, Chuck, and you'll agree with me on more things. I imagine your hope is that you can influence my thinking one day. We'll have to see how the story ends, but now we each have a yeah. shot at it. Where if we had just well, been with each other, there would have been no chance. And I respect you. Like I have major respect for you. Like, I, like you know, I kind of trust you because you you weren't a dick about things. Yeah. You know, and and like when I canceled on you, you could have been oh yeah, bye 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 bye. Like I had to deal with my daughter. You were respectful about it, and I I, I I'd love to have this conversation. Continue this conversation because, like I said, I don't totally I don't disagree with you. I just don't have enough evidence to agree with you. I'm more of an agnostic in this sense because, but like, I like if there's racism, I want to get rid of racism if I can. But I don't think you can. Like, but you can, you can change individuals to make them less, you know, and and that will make society a better society. And that's all I ask for. You know, you respect my rights. I'll respect your rights. You know, I you know you, I don't know if you live in the city. I live more in the country. So, you know, you know, let me do me 
as long as I'm not hurting someone, and as long as you're not hurting anything, then there's no problem, you know. I just, just not, I wouldn't say stay in your lane, but like, you know, don't impede into somebody's lifestyle just because, you know, they think different than you. Sure. And again, my viewpoint is if you are going to try to change someone's mind, do it effectively, right? And we know that insulting people and calling them a racist bigot isn't effective. So why oh, do yeah. it? Feels good, but but it, but it doesn't help, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and it, it loses meaning after a while because you know you call it, you know, you, like because I'm a, a conservative leaning. If you call me a weak, like because I, you know, because I, I give money like a third of my my paycheck, I use to help uh, like Tacoma because it, it needs more problems. You know, it has less money. So I, I want to help the community. Mm-hmm. It's not my community, but it's something where they need the help more than my, because my community is pretty good. We, we help each other. We, you know, like when we go hunting, we feed each other. I want to help the guy that can't be helped because, you know, that's how I was taught as a Christian to help the less fortunate. And, and I don't care if it goes to black people, white people, Mexican people, as long as people are, you know, getting food and, and you know, help with rent, especially in these trying times. We need to come together more as a country and help each other out because there's people losing their, their house. Well, not yet, but they'll be losing their houses because they can't pay rent. And that's sickening to me. Like, I don't believe, maybe though I believe in governmental help. I believe in, as a human being, helping your fellow human being. Cool. Well, we could keep talking forever, Chuck, but I really appreciate yeah. our here um, so we could unpack the topic of racism. Again, there's still a million things we didn't get around to discussing, but it was good to have this conversation with you. And yeah, I, I look forward to staying in touch uh, in the future. Okay. Yeah, me too. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on.